Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan and Black Donovan, it's a two-man game. Donovan being guarded by Lonzo Ball. Takes a left-hand dribble. Rises, fires, hits. He's so clutch. He's Donovan Mitchell. Gives to Boyan straight away on Lonzo. He's got 35. He rises and fires for three. No. Five seconds left. Two-point game. Here comes Ingram driving. Gobert at the rim. Scoop, no. Rebound favors, no. Ball game. Utah wins another close one. That's 10 days ago, the Utah Jazz in Portland just slipping past the Pelicans. They got the victory, and now... Oh, so they beat the Portland Pelicans? No. (laughs) In New Orleans, slipping past the Pelicans. At a G League team? And they will try again tonight. Once again, in Portland. In New Orleans. What am I doing? What is going on? I don't know. The Stars are in Portland. Maybe that's it. Stars align in Portland? They play in the Red Claws in Maine. I was just reading that. You were. Started talking. Good for you. I don't know who the hell's playing. Who's on first? New Orleans has won eight of their last ten games. Playing well. Still has a lousy record because of a horrible start. Charlotte's a good team, but, you know, Larry Johnson ain't walking through that door. (laughs) Ta-da! Every every game on the road, I think last night proved it. You get a win... And really every game for that matter because, and we'll get to it, three teams that you would think would be superior to the teams that they played, they lost. And so, sure, the Jazz have beaten a slew of teams, but the key is they've beaten them. That's what matters the most. Because other teams are giving games away against some of these teams well, that are pulling the standings. I don't know how much so much they're giving them away. You don't it's like that, that expression. It's the other team has players, man. And they're going to have a night. Yeah. And you may have somebody out. You may have somebody sick. You know, the, the, the Jazz won, obviously won when uh, Mitchell was sick. The Wizards have had their share of injuries with Wall, and Beal was back for that one, but he'd been out. So yeah, you take them and you just you stockpile them, man. They, they matter. Jazz have won 10 in a row. The Pelicans was the closest game in that stretch, but did have a four-pointer in Chicago and a six-point game in Portland. So there have been some close ones. But since they won that game 10 days ago in New Orleans, the last four have been pretty lopsided, pretty comfortable. I don't know if that's because the Jazz are playing better. Yeah, but at times in those games, they haven't been comfortable. That's true. Not like youth football, where during almost all of the games... At any point in the game, basically, certainly in the second half, they've all been comfortable. So they've had to grind out some stuff. Teams have made runs. That's what I'm saying. It's this being NBA players and NBA teams, they're going to have runs in in the course of the game. In fact, it's a, it's a surprise if they don't. Tonight, the game starts at... 6 o'clock, AT&T Sportsnet. Zones coverage begins at 5 o'clock. And before that, you hear the big show with our own Patrick Kinahan. You going to come in, mess with Gordon? No, I'm going to play it straight. We're going to break it down. I mean, it's tonight, and I've been, I've been preparing this for three days now, I am just going to break down every single screen assist in the NBA and tell you why Rudy Gobert is the GOAT of screen assists. Look forward to that today. 3 to 5, <laughs> pregame at 5, game at 6.
DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. We don't pay attention to records. Because, I mean, we're all NBA players, regardless of the record. And you have to go out and, and, and compete and to win. No matter what the record is, we don't really pay attention to that. Uh, we respect every opponent. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. That's LeBron James talking about win-loss records. And the reason that came up is the Orlando Magic, who are bouncing around 500. They are 20 wins, 21 losses midway through the season. And they got their 20th win by beating the Lakers 119-118. In Los Angeles, yeah. That was surprising. Yeah, I mean, obviously Davis is out. uh, But, you know, they'd won a number of games without him. They won some games without LeBron and Davis, for that matter. Uh, Yeah, Kuzma didn't shoot well. And then this Fultz kid, who was the number one pick a few years back at Washington, was considered a bust. He comes up with a triple-double, driving the ball to the basket, using his size. I mean, he looked good. And they they got Orlando, in order for them to win, if you look at their roster, you know, they've got some good players. They don't really have anything close to a star, I don't think, anyway. And for one particular night... A lot of those guys played well. I think they had f- uh, four of the five in double figures. Four of the five starters and, and two more guys the off the bench. bench. Yeah. For LeBron, 19 points, 19 assists. But I they think, come up one point short. Yeah, I think that was his career record for assists. Is that what I heard? Is that what I saw? I think if, you did. If that matters to you. And they are now 33-8. and eight On pace for a 66-win season midway through the year. You mentioned there were three games. Another uh, score that probably surprised people when they saw it. The Rockets got beat by the Blazers, 117-107. That's three out of four. Oklahoma City and Memphis beat them. And Mike D'Antoni, I didn't see the press conference, but reading the story about it, started to make an excuse for the team and then just said, well, the collective spirit, it's not right. It's a concern to me. The focus... It's not on getting right. The focus is more on looking at the back of the jersey instead of the front. We just need to get over it, and we will. And uh, and his post-game presser started like 20 minutes late. Had a discussion with James Harden about what was wrong. I think they probably will get over it, and I think this is stretches that teams go through. They're not a perfect team by any stretch. So, yeah, I think that that's what you end up having. The Lakers lost four in a row. They've lost three out of four. Jazz lost six out of eight. I mean, these things happen during the course of the season for whatever reasons they might be. Uh, But I never viewed them as an unbeatable team anyway. Well, part of the collective spirit when they lost to Memphis and John Morant was uh, talking to James Harden. I mean, Harden defensively, he's like six feet off him, just kind of standing there with his legs straight. It was not a whole lot of effort going into defense. So I don't know what that's got to do with the collective spirit. Somehow it's probably all tied together, but they got to figure that out. Raptors beat the Thunder, so another team in the West that's uh, in pretty good shape in the playoff race. He gets beat. Well, the See, Raptors are starting to get their guys back. Siakam played. Uh, Siakam had 21 in that game. Face? The big guy, Gasol, played. I was thinking of the other upset was Detroit going into Boston and beating them. 116-103, Derrick Rose with 22 for the Pistons. And yeah, you would think that the Celtics would handle the Pistons. Because the way we're rolling, we got to start looking at teams in the East as far as home court and finals. <laughs> I don't think that's really what you're doing, but okay. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. The Celtics are third in the East, just like the Jazz. The Jazz tied with the Nuggets at 28-12 for second and third. Boston's 27-12, and 12, and I feel ridiculous doing this, so I'm going to stop now. Tonight, the uh, Nuggets 
who uh, picked up a win last night. They beat the Hornets 186. They're going back-to-back. They're playing the Warriors, and they are dead even with the Jazz. And those two teams, a half game in front of the Clippers at 28-13. Zion Williamson, his uh, debut pushed off. That was the other NBA news floating around yesterday. He pushed off, too? Expected slash hoped for. Pushed back. Him to play tonight, but it was pushed to the 22nd. So next week, Zion will make his NBA debut. Unless it's the latest. Zion comes to the NBA, we don't go to Zion. Exactly. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Jermaine brings it ahead to midcourt. Gets to the three-point line. Puts up the three. He makes it in. South Carolina upsets Kentucky. Jermaine Cousinard and the Gamecocks have taken down Kentucky. Final score, 81-78. Oh, my. Heave it up there, PK. It might go in. You might win the game. Probably should have gone to overtime, but it didn't. South Carolina gets the upset. Thrilling. Tonight, the Utes and Arizona. Pac-12 Network, 6.30. Both teams 1-2 and two in the Pac-12. Got much hope for the Utes tonight? Or a desperate Arizona team at home? I think both teams are desperate. Uh, the Utes... You know, coming off a beating of Colorado. They're young, and it's this and that. All right, fine. I mean, they were young against Kentucky. In fact, they were younger. A few weeks younger. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm over the young stuff. If you don't want to be young, then have juniors and seniors. And I'll take care of it. So uh, that's the team they have. Uh, I'm not sure which team shows up again from game to game. I wouldn't expect a 40-point beatdown. Arizona, I mean, they, they, their best guys are all freshmen for that matter, too. So I, w- I want to see the Utes be competitive. That's important to me, to not see them just roll over and be down by 20, you know, 10 minutes into the game. You would think they would be capable of that, having watched them in a few games earlier this year, but they weren't over the weekend against Colorado. Exactly, yeah. So, But I'm, I'm expecting somewhat of a bounce back, even if they don't win. And there's a real chance they can get a split. And pretty much if you get a split on most of these road trips, you can live with that. The University of San Diego is at BYU Merritt Center tonight, 7 o'clock at BYU TV. San Diego is 0-4 in the West Coast Conference, precisely the kind of game BYU can't this mess up. In, this league's improving, though. This league's, <laughs> this league's getting better. With the exception of <laughs> the Toreros, because you just can't spin 0-4 is getting better. San Diego State, now the last undefeated team. Auburn lost to Alabama. Did they call it the Iron Bowl in basketball? Alabama no, won pretty doesn't, comfortably. Doesn't so. have the same juice in basketball. Auburn got the loss. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. They'll give you money. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a student athlete anymore, so I can say, yeah. Uh, that's Joe Burrow talking about uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who was on the field after the game, just handing out wads of money. Plenty of video of it's that. It's fake. It's novelty cash. What are you uh, talking about? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Go with that. Launch the NSA investigation now and see how many of the seven underclassmen who are declaring for the NFL draft help you out with that. 
saw a list of how many guys have left LSU early. I guess when you're a powerhouse program, PK, that's just what you've got to expect. Over 40 guys over the last decade have left LSU early. Uh, this is a pretty big group at seven. Some years it's one, two, or three. Other years it's six or seven guys. The undefeated champs, a lot of guys off to the NFL to cash in. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, what uh, what's the point of coming back here? And I, I don't understand why they would. I mean, you got to go get your money. There's just no question about that. It's out there for you. You got to take it because you don't know when it's going to be out there for you again. Did you see our, our good friend Jamal Hill? Is that how you say her name? I did not see her. Where was she? Well, I don't know where she was, but she was on Twitter. Uh, mm. If you're more irritated slash upset perturbed by OBJ handing out money to LSU players than the fact that Dabo Sweeney and Ed Orgeron will together clear $1 million in bonuses for the national title game while their players get nothing, you're the feds. Well, Mark Schlereth, who played in the uh, NFL and does a lot of radio, has a show over in Denver. Fox Sports and all stuff, yeah. And there's a bunch of national stuff. If you're not irritated slash upset slash perturbed by the dumbassery on display by OBJ as he stole the shine and compromised the athletes that earned a national championship, then you're an enabler of said dumbassery. No right way to do something wrong. Got a controversy going on there. Think that'll have some legs or will that wear out? I think it'll have a fair amount of legs. It'll have some race. The race aspect will go, go into it. As, uh, as it often does. I know people around here don't want to acknowledge that, but... That just smacked of the $100 handshake that has been going on for decades. If players need more money and coaches are getting too much money, you can up the stipend that the players are getting. But that was total $100 handshake stuff. We've heard stories of that forever. It's weird to see it on Twitter, just flipping through there, out in the open, on the field. I thought it was funny. I... There, a lot of them are already getting it. As I've been exposed to the underbelly of that for decades, so I just roll with it. And, and why not? Let them have it. I don't have any problem with it. Oregon gets their new offensive coordinator. They lost their guy to UNLV. Marcus Arroyo took off to be head coach. Joe Moorhead's coming in as the Ducks' offensive coordinator. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Your team's one and eight record against the Titans. Is there a common thread through that? Yeah, they're all different. Uh, heck of a record, though, isn't it? <laughs> Not very good. I normally don't keep track of those things, but uh, we got to do. I got to do better on my end. Uh, my players, they, they've won more games than I have against them. I'm just going to bank on them. That's Andy Reid explaining how his teams can't beat Tennessee, losing eight out of nine. A lot of pressure on the Chiefs this week, yeah, because they should be recognized as a prohibitive favorite. I don't know what the line is. Seven. But Seven and a half. You know, Kansas City has been dominant the last two years. Tennessee is the upstart, is the shocking team that of all the teams left. They're the one that you wouldn't pick them to be there still. Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Niners are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And Andy has a little bit of a rep, fair or unfair, of not winning the absolute big game. I think he's got quite a rep of that with all the NFC title game losses in Philadelphia. There had to be at least four of them. But you got to be really good to get there. Yep. He reminds me in a sense of Jerry Sloan. Just very consistent, won big time for a number of years, never got over the hump, 
I don't particularly judge coaching by that. I think coaching, the uh, job that you are required to do is to put your players in the best position to win, and then they win. And obviously Jerry did that as well as anybody. I think Quinn Snyder is doing that exceptionally well right now. I think Kansas City didn't, and Andy Reid personally, didn't take any heat for the loss last year because people thought New England was supposed to win. And Mahomes was in the AFC title game for the first time, young guy. And so it's the Patriots. And when overtime, they, back to your point about Utah basketball in Arizona, you know, okay, you lost, but did you at least compete? And it was a heck of a game. And, you know, the team with a little more experience won it. So I didn't hear much about that. But... You're right. Tennessee's the team that surprised everybody to be here. The Chiefs have had a 12-4 and season. They're at home. Now Mahomes has AFC title game experience. He's been on this stage before. So I think it'll, it'll look and sound different after the game if they don't get it done this time. I will say that I think Tennessee's a little underrated. They changed quarterbacks. Clearly that mattered. They were 7-3 and in the regular season. They're now 2-0 in the playoffs. So this is a team that's 9-3 and since the quarterback change. I know you look at the record. Oh, they were 9-17. and They were very good. It's all about Derrick Henry. Let's be real here. Henry gets fired up, and they change quarterbacks, and I just don't think that struggles they had in September matter. But yet they're not favored. So they are not. Vegas thinks you're wrong. <laughs> Vegas is reflecting most of the fans who think I'm wrong. But I think Tennessee is better than their public perception. But nonetheless, Kansas City should win. What do you mean Vegas is reflecting most of well, the they're fans. They're trying to split. If they know the fans are going to yeah, but commit. they establish a line not based on the fans. They establish well, a line they base, how they, they think they're going to win money. Right. And that's by splitting how the fans are going to put the money down and they try to estimate which are going to put it on which side. Really? Okay. George Kittle mispracticed sore ankle and he's been out earlier this year with ankle issues. Kyle Hanishan, Kyle. Shanahan, not too concerned about his status for the NFC title game. Neither am I. 15-member class to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the centennial class, former Utah standout, Max Speedy among the inductees. Paul cool name, never heard of him. Steve Sable, NFL Films. So it's not all players and coaches. Well, Steve Sable made it. Drew Pearson should have made it. I have to watch Drew cry for not making it. He was very upset. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I want to make it clear that we take very, very seriously any allegations made against members of our organization, and we investigate them fully. In the ongoing case, I can tell you that we are working with baseball to the fullest extent possible. That's John Henry, Boston owner, talking about sign-stealing allegations. All the computers, all the iPads, all the laptops. They're going to have to take all the technology out of the dugout. How else are they going to do this, PK? Because they're going to turn this around. Actually, you can add more technology and have it so there's some technological way to transmit signs. So no one, you wouldn't be doing anything physically. You would be doing through technology. Do it like uh, football with the helmet, the baseball, uh, the pitcher has an earpiece. Oh, the batter whatever it might be. Yeah. I wonder if they'll do that. The death of, of signs. Mets are thinking about Carlos Beltran. So am I. I'm worried about Carlos. Their rookie skipper cleared a possible punishment for what happened in Houston. He was playing then. He's repeatedly denied Houston. a role in the scandal. Yeah, but he was actually named. Mm. 
which is why they are weighing their options. Deny whatever you want to deny. That doesn't make it true. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right. Coming up today, we talk with Craig Bowlerjack stops by for his weekly visit, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Ooh, we got a little rivalry, the sportscaster of the year and the runner-up to sportscaster of the year. <laughs> he owes Scotty and I food. It's going to be tension. Ribs. Kalani Sataki at 930, BYU football coach. Yak has been trying to track down all the coaches. we got Gary Anderson tomorrow, right, Yak? Kyle Whittingham to be determined. Still I understand me. Gary was waiting until he had his staff set. Correct. They hired well, an offensive coordinator. We told you about the Oregon offensive coordinator. Bodie we didn't Reeder. tell you about the Utah State offensive coordinator. Co-defensive coordinators. Which was demotion for Justin Anna. And now, will that turn it all around for the Aggies? We'll talk with Gary tomorrow, and then we will talk with Kalani Sataki coming up today. And uh, we'll get Kyle at some point. We'll go through all the coaches. Got a lot of questions coming in for Kalani Sataki. People hitting us up on Facebook. We'll get to that next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. The conversation will happen is, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when Mike Conley comes back? Mm -hmm. And I think that's nothing but a positive thing. The big picture. Maybe for a couple of games, there's going to be some acclimation. But in terms of the quality of play, I don't see why Mike Conley couldn't fit into that. In my opinion, they are not the best version of the Utah Jazz until Mike Conley gets in, gets fully acclimated, and then the Jazz can be what they envisioned before the season started. Right. If we're talking championship, if we're talking to be a threat for a championship, if we're talking my goal for the Jazz, which was Western Conference Finals or bust. Yeah, Mike Conley's got to play and he's got to play well. If we're talking right now, they can continue what they're doing and still get Mike Conley acclimated and up to speed while still winning these games. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Visit them today. Got a couple questions up on our Facebook page. Football and basketball will start off with the football question here. We've got Kalani Sataki coming up at 930 today. What do you want to know from the Cougar coach? What's at the top of your list of questions? My list? Sure, we got people. I got, I got one. You got a. You got a question. We're I got people. a question. Yeah, we are. We're definitely people. Folks here have a question. Every one of us. People tweeting at us will have questions. Uh, to me, are you going to make any changes to your staff or changes in assignments? Going to mix it up because obviously Gary Anderson just did it drastically. He demoted Justin Anna. You can spin it any way you want, but he demoted Justin Anna. If you were a defensive coordinator and now you're a co-defensive coordinator. Which he's not. They named two other guys as co-defensive coordinators. He's neither. So take a knee and feel sad briefly. Uh, Stacy Cones and Frank Miley. Yeah. He's inside line. Anna went from coordinator to inside linebackers coach. Correct. So that's a substantial demo- demotion. Seven and six has its penalties. Yeah. So what is 
Kalani, if he's going to do anything, what's he going to do? Because they were seven and six. And there were just some outrageous losses. Three outrageous losses. There's, I can't spin it any other way. So I'm curious, now that he's had time to reflect, go back and watch the film, if that is, what is the common thread? Why can't they hold leads on the road, close game, fourth quarter? They had chances in all of those games. They had opportunities. They had the lead. They blew it. Yes. I, mean, I don't know if they had chances. That sounds like they were some underdog trying to scrap and catch a break at the end of the game. No, they blew it at the end of the game or earlier in the fourth quarter, whatever you want to say. Rick wants to know when Kalani decides which quarterbacks are best. He believes they could have won with Romney. Well, he already decided that. <laughs> I'll have a chance to decide again going forward. I thought that was a going forward question. I assume that means you can open it up in spring ball. Of course. And when will you name a starter by? By the first game. I mean... Dave's been watching before. Dave's been watching all the uh, Houston Astros, Boston Red Sox cheating stuff. Dave wants to know if he thinks cheating is appropriate in football. Winning is appropriate in football. I mean, what is cheating in football? Patriots videotaping the sideline. They're not going to do that. And for the Patriots, the answer is yes, because whatever penalty they paid was certainly more than worth it. For all the winning they've done? Yeah. Six championships, nine trips to the Super Bowl, on and on. A gazillion division titles. Jack wants to know the best places to eat in Utah County. Tanner's going a little more down your uh, line of thinking. Tanner wants to know why Tuiaki hasn't been fired yet. I'm not going to come out and ask that. Maybe you will. What do you want to know? I want to know what's the common thread in the three close games that they lost on the road when they led them all. Why not seal the deal? Well, I don't think that you can point to a singular thing. Because in the Hawaii game, there was mistakes they made earlier that could have given them a bigger lead in the fourth quarter. So you're not playing the full game. Whether you make mistakes in the first or fourth, when you fumble at the goal line, it doesn't matter what quarter it's in. That, that, was, a, that was a killer turnover. Justin wants to know if Kalani has ever seen the rain. Yeah, I guess Justin's wife thinks he's funny. There it is. All right, we got that up on Facebook. You can keep adding to that. You can grab your uh, phone, use the open mic feature, send your takes. You can ask the question, and we can play it for Kalani. You don't have to have us read it. Got technology now. We can do that. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. grab the open mic. You got a question, send it to Yach. Yach will spend the next two hours sorting through them, and Kalani will be here at 930 this morning. Yeah, you can do that. Utah Jazz are back in action tonight in New Orleans. We got a question up. This is game 41 out of 82. When they're done with this one, they'll be done with the first half of the season. Yeah. At the midway point of the season. Literally, yeah. Who is your Utah Jazz MVP? Well, I think if anybody says anything besides Rudy Gobert, you're an idiot. Because of the impact he's having on both sides of the floor, offensively and defensively. All four sides. 
sideline to sideline as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know some people want to say Mitchell, not to downgrade Mitchell, but what's harder to find, a player like Gobert or a player who could score you 24 points a game? There are, as the averages bounce up and down during the season, probably 15 guys-ish who are scoring 24 points a game in the NBA. And how many guys are like Rudy Gobert? Yeah, you got one. If you want to stretch it and be aggressive, you got two, and there's nobody in the league that thinks there's 15 of them. Right. This guy's really good defensively. That guy's really good defensively. You can get as generous as you want, and you can't get past two or three. Not to his level. And then you throw in the screen assist. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he can set you a screen. Should come up with another stat that bugs you. <laughs> Could be defensive assists. The only reason you know, why we, the only reason why it bugs me uh-huh. is because you don't need to justify Rudy Gobert. That's what bugs me. Not the screen assists. Is that you feel the need to justify his greatness? That's insulting to his greatness. Sure. But he hasn't been on the All-Star team the last couple of years. I don't care. Could, when he could have been, yes, but he does care. And that's why Dennis Lindsay came on the radio right away. And that was all justified. Like, you live so much in the past. If you're paying attention now, you don't need justification. His play speaks as loud as could possibly be. The team's record speaks as loud as can possibly be. Whatever happened last year happened last year. They weren't near the team that's, last year as they were this year. Right. He's going to make the All-Star team. But that's when defensive assists became a thing. I think he's going to make the All-Star Screen team, assist. too. Screen assists. Screen assists. You just created something. I know. I'm going to try and make that happen, though. But that, that's You needed to justify it last year. This year, you don't. The team is way better. And a large part is because of him. So I'm not living in last February. I'm living today. Scrubzilla tweets at us, two-time himself, Rudy Gobert. He's got a gif of Rudy raising his hand and smiling at the camera. Yeah, and last year he was only a one-time. So they can scream and yell all they want last year. I don't have any problem with it. But they're not going to have to scream and yell this year. You don't need to justify his game. Dan's not justifying. He says 100% Rudy. We die without him. Well, he's the most critical component on the team, for sure. For one, you've got other guys who can pick up the scoring slack. When Mitchell went out, Bogdanovich went up to 30 in that particular game against Washington. You obviously have no one who can pick up the slack to the level of Gobert if he were to go out. That's just a fact. We see the offense for the other team, regardless of who the other team is, change in the 8 to 10 to 12 minutes. Oh, yeah, they all start down. smiling. They, they get liquid courage. They start driving to the rim. Yeah. I'm going into the paint now. Right. The big feller's over there on the side with Watch a sweatshirt. Watch me now, yeah. He's oh, got yeah, a sweatshirt you can, you can on. You can see it, man. They just uh, they, they go into full attack mode, and then when he's there, they look up, uh-oh, this ain't going to end well, and they dribble back out. And he's still contributing to the offensive end. The reason shooters are getting wide-open three-point shots is they're putting an extra defender in there to make sure that they don't throw him one of those pocket passes, those bounce passes, or throw him an alley-oop off the pick-and-roll. Well, that's where Joe Engel stars because clearly, and I haven't looked at any numbers because I don't look at them. I can just see it myself. I don't need numbers to justify what I already see. Others do, and that's fine for them. Great. Go ahead and do that. For those lesser beings. No, that's not true at all. That's what they do. I don't do it. I'm the lesser being, not them. 
I, I don't bother to do it. It's not my job. My job is to pop off. <laughs> <laughs> job description. Need someone to pop off. Well, <laughs> like, ooh, I'll apply for that. What do you have me on TV for? To pop break off. down screen assists? No. To pop off. I mean, call it like it is. So I see what I see. And <laughs> Joe in the lineup has increased Rudy Gobert's offensive production because he's the best passer to Rudy. Bogdanovich, I think that's one of his weaknesses, actually. I think he struggles doing that. I don't think he must not. I haven't followed him until this year to the level that we follow him. But I'm thinking that, you know, he hasn't been asked to do that, nor did he have the teammates to do it with. And now he's trying to find his way on doing that. But Joe has already got it down. And Joe coming down the lane, we can all picture it in our minds. We watch enough games. And, 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 and with Gobert, conversely, has created lanes for Joe. And that's why it's a team game. So they've created opportunities for each other because you have to address both of them. Joe coming down, lob to Rudy. You can't slack off either one. So it's creating all sorts of space where really they don't need all sorts of space. They need like uh, two or three inches and they're good to go. That makes all the difference in the world. But they're getting five yeah. feet. Yeah. And so now we've seen Joe so many times. I think in the beginning with Joe, he was always looking past. That's just who he is. Then he's finding out, hey, wait a second here. This lane is wide open. I could keep going and go all the way and finish it. Yeah. Because then it ends up becoming a, not an uncontested layup sometimes, but in a lot of times a layup to where just flip it up high enough and have a touch and it'll bounce in. That's what he did in the last game. Yeah. He threw in a layup early in Does the game. Does it seem like he's getting yeah. way more of those? And he's finishing yeah. as opposed to throwing it into the uh, the opposite corner or the lob at the rim? And it all starts with Rudy setting that pick and getting him open, and then the other defender's got to choose. Do I take away Joe's layup or Rudy's dunk? And if they bring in someone off one of the three-point shooters, then Bogdanovich or Clarkson or Niang or O'Neal or whoever is getting a wide-open shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get Wash, wash rinse, repeat. If you can, absolutely. And I get why they want to pump up his screen assist because they're in the middle of it and it's a personal heartbreak to them if Gobert doesn't make it. And it's not to me, so it's easier for me. I don't have the investment that those guys have. Uh, They live and diet. I mean, I live it, but I rarely diet. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth right there. Yeah. It's, so. that It goes back to Steve Cleveland coming out of a tunnel before a big game and looking at you. And you, you're there. You know it's a big game. You're living it. He's a ball of stress and nerves. Right. And he's got a long relationship with you at this point. And so he knows you well. And you're sitting there all bright-eyed and like, ooh, I'm going to see a good game tonight. This is going to be fun. Right. <laughs> right. And look at you. He's already dying inside. It's yeah, zero, his stomach zero. is turning. It's 0-0 zero, zero with 20 minutes on the clock. Yeah. He's already dying. Yeah. He's totally stressed. And you, meanwhile, are thinking, that was a pretty good pregame meal, and I'm going to watch a good game. I'm excited for the ball game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so I don't, I, I don't die on sporting events. I live for them. I can tell you that. I mean, I'm looking forward to tonight. Last night was a little bit of a lull. Yep. Uh, but I was, I had, you know, I was locked oh. down on NBA TV. 
so I was watching all this stuff. Jamal Murray turned his ankle for Denver. We'll see to what extent uh, he's out and all that stuff. Uh, Millsap has been out, so they've been battered by you injuries You weren't themselves. on the Pac-12 Network watching Stanford just annihilate I, I, I UCLA? Over, but obviously oh. UC Los Angeles oh. sucks. The first time uh, Stanford's won down there in 15 years. It was just staring at yeah. Pauley Pavilion with so. all those rows of empty seats. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah, but they don't draw well to begin with, and mm-hmm. then they suck. So you got to give Cronin some time to see what he can do. So, yeah, I did check into it, but I was more locked down on NBA TV uh, for for that situation. And tonight, um, I'll be obviously locked down on the Jazz, Jazz and then flicking over to the Ute game and see what we got going on there. And hopefully they're competitive. So I just think that, for me, I don't need to justify Grobert's greatness. And maybe I'm too close to the situation, and those guys, they're traveling around the league. I'm not traveling around the league, and they feel like they still need to educate people, so that's their justification. I, if that's the case, fine. I think it's. I think they're already recruiting Rudy for his next free agency. I think this goes back. When, when Dennis did that with the All-Star game a couple of years ago, or last year, whenever last it was, year, yeah. I thought that was a reflection of Hayward leaving, and he left for a lot of reasons, but on the list of reasons, Reasons, Number one, he's which, a baby. Which was, I think, fairly important was, I'm not going to get individual recognition in Utah. It's off the beaten path. That was part the, of his concern. The Celtics. We know that. That's a historic organization right. in a top 10 media market. You'll get it in And space. the Jazz are neither. Right. Now, he was also his college coach. And, and the, you know, that was, that a lot was of important money. to Gordon. Right. That's a fact. And so, on some level, it's important to Rudy because he's tearing up. He's, I was standing right there. There was like 10 media members, and he's tearing up in front of all this. It's important to him, and the Jazz are going to do whatever they can to try and minimize going down that road again. Now— They don't have to worry this year. <laughs> right. Uh, and actually, for the MVP, the Jazz Brass, Dennis Lindsay, Justin Zanuck, on down the list. Uh, Richard says the Jazz Brass that traded for Jordan Clarkson, they're the MVPs. Okay, you could say that, and I was thinking about that. And I think that's something uh, we need to discuss here. We'll do it next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz fans, purchase a Ford fans on all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford fans on all-you-can-eat tickets now. Who's the Jazz MVP halfway through the season? This is Game 41 tonight, Jazz and Pelicans in New Orleans, Game 41 out of 82. Who is the MVP? we got a lot of people saying Rudy. Getting a lot of tweets about that. But we got a few outside-the-box suggestions, including, I just heard, uh, the Jazz Brass that traded for Jordan Clarkson, Richard Bradford, at Upper Bowl Jazz. Richard, using your name on Twitter and everything? Very good, Richard. So you had something you wanted to say about that. Oh, I think you have to consider it, yeah. But I would also throw in Quinn Snyder. Because to me, the mark of a great coach is not measured by titles. Those are very important, and that's the ultimate goal. But I think ultimately the players have to get it. 
And Phil Jackson obviously was an outstanding coach because the word coach is used across the board now. We used to be maybe a coach was viewed as an athletic in Denver. It's not now. All sorts of usages for the word coach. And I think there's all sorts of responsibilities for the word coach in sports. And Phil obviously was a master at all that. But ultimately, the players got to go out and get the job done. You're referring to uh, getting the right mentality. All sorts of getting stuff. Getting players the right attitude, not just the X's and O's of the I mean, there's basically endeavor. A to Z. Whatever you want to throw in there, uh, you can come up with a million things. And, and any supervisor of people at work, I think, you can, can relate to it. Is you have to... You go way beyond their actual job and why they were hired because of their qualifications. Once you become a manager, I'm sure Scotty can answer to this big time, you end up in personal lives and and all sorts of stuff that you probably didn't think you were getting into, but nevertheless, you got to figure out ways to to manage and deal with people that go way beyond their actual skill and why they got hired in the first place. I didn't sign up for this, but here I am now. But that's part of the gig. And in order to be effective, and Scotty does it very well, is to be able to deal with people, not necessarily help them get better at their actual job. That's part of it, too, certainly. Uh, but, you know, that's why the Jazz have all these assistant folks that they've got running around, and that's what they do. But you look at what Quinn Snyder has done. Would Joe Ingles, and we'll never know this, but would Joe Ingles be anything, anything close to what he is if he wasn't here? Joe would say no. I mean, he's talked to us before about the impact Quinn's have on a coach who believes in him, but a coach who doesn't just cheerlead for him, but can say, hey, do this, add this. And that's why into his 30s, he's still improving. At an age, we expect guys to plateau and then decline. And Joe's clearly better. I mean, it's clear this year versus last year, this year versus two years ago, he's improved. Yeah, he'll never play, I wouldn't think. I'd be shocked. I could be wrong. But I don't think he'll ever play in another uniform outside of a GS uniform. So we won't know about him. And I don't think that, and I don't know this for sure, obviously, but I also don't think that he'll ever be coached by anybody at the NBA but Quinn Snyder. Well, you look at Jerry Sloan, and his greatness was on display. Sure, he had two Hall of Famers, and you can argue, you know, just about anybody could have coached those guys, and I get it. I think that's overstating it, but we're overstating it to make a point. Jerry Sloan's greatness wasn't necessarily in the way he coached the statues, although I also I do think part of their longevity is in the way he managed them not if you see the difference between coach and manage. Yeah, making John yeah. Stock convincing John yeah. Stockton it was the right thing right. to come out of the game six minutes into the game and six minutes into the third right. quarter. And so the way he managed right. it, I think, allowed John to play longer at Man. a higher level. So that's to his credit. But I also think that there's plenty of evidence through the production of plenty of players that he had versus what they would have been elsewhere. And Coach Schneider is he's still a pup in that regard because he's six years into it and Jerry had done it for two plus decades. But you take you start to take a look at a, a kid like a Royce O'Neal. Uh, 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 Moutier. Moutier is a classic example right now. Joe is the best example, I think, that we have. Uh, I could argue that Moutier is the second, though. All right. Because Moutier said... I came here because I wanted to be coached. Moutier's already heard about Quinn's rep. Inevitably, the NBA is a small fraternity. He knows people who played for Quinn. 
And so he came here to be coached up, to increase his value as a player, to make himself a better player. And you ask him in the locker room, you know, uh, about you know basketball IQ, and he, and he just said this like last week when he was here. He said, yeah, he I thought I was a smart player when I came here, and I've learned a lot of stuff since I came here. And he's kind of shaking his head at what he didn't know, and he's only 40 games into it. Imagine what he'll know at the end of the year. And if he stays here another year or two, and oh, he's yeah. not signed another year or two, but if that works out, then imagine what he'll know then. Now, maybe he'll Imagine what he'll know then. Yes, DJ and John Lennon. <laughs> Welcome into the show. You set yourself up for that one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, can, I'm not complaining. I can see that one I'm, coming. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I know sometimes I'm complaining, I know. and I know there's a little bit of tone there, but John, Lennon. but I'm really not complaining. I got you. Imagine there's no turnovers. <laughs> I had a college roommate, not the Greg Kinn continued guy, but a different roommate who got into it with his mom because of the line, imagine no religion, and that just really ticked her off. It's like, Well, no religious contention is what he meant. I know. Right. And my roommate had to explain that to his mom, and I don't know that she ever got it. Imagine there's no missed shots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Utah Jazz fan page tweets at us, the MVP this year is the GOAT, Joe Ingles. (laughs) The GOAT. There's a GOAT right there. He's the greatest Australian of all time? (laughs) The greatest Aussie of all time. I don't even know that. That's to be determined because obviously the Australians are have a uh, are having a much more more of an influence on the game. There's more players all the time coming over. Aggie fan Dan at USU the right blue says it's co MVPs Donovan and Rudy. Can you say All Star game? That's like Stockton alone when the All Star game is here, holding that trophy up together. Yeah, yes. I don't want to pick between you. Beautiful moment. The last All Star game I did not watch in Salt Lake City. It was right before I moved, I think. Ah. Uh, that I don't think it's co-MVP. I think it's Gobert. It's Rudy. In my mind. The impact on the defensive end is so massive. Yes. And he still has an impact offensively. But the defensive end is so massive. And they don't have another player like him. Not that they fall or grow on trees anyway. But the drop-off between him and the other guys that play that position is substantial, whereas you have guys, and that's through no fault of Donovan Mitchell because he clearly has improved his game, and he absolutely belongs on the All-Star game, and he will be on that team. There's just no doubt in my mind. That's an interesting question. What? The most improved Jazz player, because Donovan's better, Joe's better, and clearly Moutier within the season has improved. Uh, I don't have any uh, reference point for him last year. I wasn't watching him play. But Mitchell has just looked substantially better in everything that he does. Uh, he looks so smooth. There's no awkwardness, of, or and not necessarily awkwardness, but poor decision-making. You're going to have a shot or two, and that's fine. But there's no... A rash of three for twenty ones, like and what are you doing? Those are bad shots. And what? There's no. Oh, I'm going to drive the lane, spin, and then hope something works out. No, everything is just on point. He has been brilliant. There, you cannot argue that his and that that should be logical. You should make a huge jump from one to two to third year, and he has. Tyler says, overall, I'm going to say Rudy, but honestly, it's a different MVP every game, it seems. 
Yeah, see, I disagree with that. I think there's it's a the same hot, MVP, 9 there's out of 10. There's a different hot hand offensively every yeah. game, which I think is what Tyler is getting at. But defensively, it always revolves around Rudy. Every game, you watch Rudy check out, whether it's a regular rotation when he goes out or if uh, he gets some foul trouble and they got to take him out. And immediately... The team gets really opponent, whoever it is, gets really aggressive attack in the rim. And there was a game, was I don't know if it was Washington or the game before that, but it was a road game. Well, Washington, he went out and the he, lead got sliced. And, like and he was and like, and he was back a minute later in foul trouble. Yeah, that was Washington. That was Washington. He had the foul, five fouls in that game. That was Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and he was, it was like, like Quinn was like, all right, enough of this. Rudy, don't oh, commit a sixth it, foul and get back right, because in Because it was there. towards the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to have him in there. Yeah, He is the that great was his, obstacle. That was his MVP-ness on full display. No one is a bigger obstacle than him. He prevents so much scoring. As I said, he's the big prophylactic. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Sound familiar, Ray S? A Gobert fan all the way. Now, what's that dude with the Rudy? I read somewhere, was it uh, on ESPN? It, Rudy got baptized into your faith, but then he, but he still goes to like four different churches now. I mean, what is it, Rude? He says, he, I covered all my bases. Yeah, but Rude. I, I, I mean, the master teacher says you can't be lukewarm. There it is. You're going to have to decide. Now I thought he was one of yous, and you got you all got. It was like almost like a Gladys Knight situation. True story. You got all excited, but then I find out. Wait, he's still going here. He's going there. He's going there. Yak, did you get all excited? Oh, every oh yeah, that is all did. You like that? I stuff. grew I grew that, up a fan of the movie. That's so a seeing faith, the actual Rudy uh, get baptized is kind of funny. Yeah, that's that's that's. He's not the actual Rudy. I guess he's the actual Ru- Rudy. Rudy Rudy Curry, as yes. opposed to the actor, as, a, as yeah. opposed to Sean Astin. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. yeah Who after right. Lord is, of the Rings, how can you be a Notre Dame football player and then, you know. Oh, I would go the other way around. What? He's Rudy and then yeah. Lord of the Rings. Right. Well, I just don't, the, the two just don't match up. Except, I get it. A hobbit, you're but, a little miniature But, but in that one, there's so many characters where in Rudy, it's just Rudy. It's He's him. The guy. Him. Yeah, I mean, everything revolves around Rudy, you know what I mean? The other movies, as you say, there's other right. characters, but he was the dominant start to finish. I mean, Joe Montana literally put his jersey on Dan Devine's desk. Or he did not. (laughs) (laughs) He'll very vociferously deny that ever happened. I know. MJ Youth says, the Jazz MVP, me. I stopped changing my underwear and they haven't lost since. All right, well, we got the things we do for fandom. There it is. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.